In a world where heresy blankets the airwaves, religious stuffed shirts suck the life out of Sunday morning, and prosperity teachers rob grandmothers of their pensions, three unassuming ministers endeavor to shine the light of biblical theology and put the fun back in fundamentalism. Broadcasting live from the Hall of Dogma... Brought to you this week by Paul Hewson, David Evans, Adam Clayton, and Larry Mullen Jr. Welcome to episode 40 of the Gospel Friends. I'm Nick. I am David. I'm Chase, and I bet, without saying anything, David has no idea who those four people are. I was if just, he, I was if about he to listened say, closely to the show prep last week, he does. Oh, I, don't, I don't pay attention to y'all. I get to play the role of Nick this week and have no clue what we're even talking about. I do know it's episode 40. It is episode 40. Who are those four And people? that is not true. I, don't, I do have a clue. Oh, okay. Sometimes at the end of the show when y'all are giving the if outline. If you don't know edit. the answer to that, that question, we can do this show with or without you, David. I, look, I mean, I can go right now. He still wait, hasn't wait. found what he's looking for. I don't. Oh, is that a oh? It's, it's, I can't it's, believe you're missing this on a Sunday bloody Sunday. I don't even know what that means, but the still haven't found what I'm looking We're for. We're going to have reference. war if you don't figure this out soon. Don't know this that is one impressive. Um, it's that it's get that there. people it's that you like so much. It's the people you like so much. Bono, you too. <laughs> Correct. You two reference. Forty is one of their really. All of their songs are pretty darn popular. It's a good Nick is based on Psalm forty. Yes, it is. And I give you that because you call you you sometimes tell me I just come up with my stuff through Google, but you are probably the world's largest YouTube. Oh, not even close. But I I consider them my favorite band. I actually did not know that. I have a ton of like YouTube bootleg videos and stuff. Really, I really do. I to share them with Nick. Nick is uh, they're totally legit, dude. Show him your uh, Bono tattoo on your rear end. No, I think I'll pass for now. Hey, do I get to do your part since you did sure. that part? All right. Let's get to some contact info, gentlemen. Um, you can reach us on social media, MySpace, myspace.com forward slash AB3Z127439. Yeah, what's our AOL chat room, Dave? <laughs> the Gospel Friends at AIM. I don't know. That's right. And in Prodigy, we can find oh, be found my. at XD4MQ7. That's awesome. Yeah. So check us out online. What was the one before that? Before Prodigy, CompuServe was pretty old. Now I'm thinking of the chat, um, the chat client that was. Oh, geez. ICQ? Yes. All right. Oh, my goodness. What's ICQ. our ICQ? I do handle? remember ICQ. <laughs> I do remember Maybe that. Maybe we ought to give our real information. Out. Okay, uh, you can you can reach us at uh, on Twitter at my gospel friends, Facebook dot com forward slash groups forward slash Hall of Dogma, or much simpler, just go to hallofdogma.com. That is the Facebook site for theology discussion and in general just having a good time and unloading sarcasm. Yes. Because yes, we do that all day long and twice on every day. Voicemail, you can reach us at 205-575-9735, or if you are an international listener, please go to speakpipe.com, speakpipe.com forward slash gospel friends. The gospel friends. The gospel gospel friends. friends. You know what? I listened to the show last week. Y'all kind of, you never said how to get to us on SpeakPipe. Yes, we did. You, at the end you of kicked the show. it. Oh, with oh yeah, because yeah. yeah, we kicked it to a manual, and he went back to the voicemail. The voicemail. Again. That's right. That's yeah. right. And Nick didn't want to say anything to him. 
Yeah, well, you can also reach intimidating. You can also reach us at Chase iTunes and shout out. Oh wait, that's the <laughs> show notes. Oh yeah. <laughs> Hey, speaking of iTunes and shout-outs, we actually have – I noticed you kind of made a tweet last week for reviews on iTunes, and nobody answered the call. No one listens to me, This ever. disgusts me. What's wrong? No, I'm just kidding. No, we no one ever listens to me. We can't anger people into giving us reviews, but it does help when you give us a review on iTunes. Just go to iTunes, search for The Gospel Friends, and a, a nice uh, five-star review might just get you one of our upcoming T-shirts if – Nick can ever get around to finishing them. Whoa, 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 whoa. Monsieur graphic design. We're, uh, no, no, no. There have been other delays in that process besides just the design. Oh, I, I got my money today. Right. Okay, there we go. <laughs> uh, my money. What about you, Dave? Mine will be filed hopefully this week. And, okay. Okay, and then. then. So it, it, Are y'all going to buy one of uh, Nathan's t-shirts? These will be, these I think will, I'm going to do that. These will be government-provided t-shirts. Just there you so go. All of you know. Government-funded. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> God bless Uncle Sam. The, uh, the gospel friends, the gospel friends, with our nineteen children between the three of us. Nice yeah. tax return. Tax return time is good to us. What's on 14. tap today, other than uh, a true. bunch of senseless Golly. banter? I am um, going to talk about Andy Stanley. <laughs> why? Because <laughs> you know, I mean, we've been beating up on Joel Osteen, and why not? Take a turn at Andy Stanley for a while. You know, there's certain guys we talk about a lot, yeah. And then there's and we just totally ignore the rest of Christendom. Why is that? I don't know. You want to you want to poke fun at Tim Keller? Hey, we haven't talked about Mark Driscoll. I'm a Tim Keller guy, and we haven't talked about Driscoll in a while. Of course, he covered about 13 episodes. So he did. He did. We need to give him a rest. People are getting kind of tired of that. We're actually not going to talk about Andy Stanley. We are going to talk about an interesting quote point that. Andy Stanley made in a recent sermon that kind of uh, drew some criticism from some online bloggers. Oh, shocker. So we'll see what happens with that. People online criticizing? God, what is I, this world coming to? I don't know. It's, it's, a, it's a new fad. Okay. Nick, what about you? What's on tap for you? I'm going to be covering the infamous or famous hall. Okay, good. Hall. I missed the hall, the hall of, of dogma. dogma this past week as I was uh, traversing the world on a on a little boat, and that's one of the things I really actually actively missed. Miss being on the show, <laughs> and you missed some interesting discussions. Well, it's too bad. Oh yeah, we well, got so I got again. So, huh? Welcome back, by the way. Thank you. It's Where were you in the world when you listened to the part of the show you listened to? That is a great question. It, interesting enough, I downloaded the show while I was in Key West um, because you know it's still uh, part of America. So Key West, Florida, I was able to download the show, but I didn't get around to listen to it until I was in the weight room on the ship. And that doesn't mean I work out a lot, but I've tried to start working out. I was in the weight room on the ship in the Bahamas listening to you guys talk about the new weightlifting fad from last <laughs> week as I was pushing weights, which was wow. really funny. That is It funny. gave me a lot to th- think about. That and, is funny. So how, how much disgusting. how much weight did you gain on that ship that made you start working out while you were on it? I started early on. Uh, I gained I gained a pound, which is a little surprising considering how voraciously I ate. Others have gained um, significantly more, and I'm not sure how I didn't gain ten or fifteen pounds. I, look, I mean it's uh, it's amazing. I mean the, that's the thing. It, look, if you don't like to eat, I don't know why you go, you go on a cruise. They feed you. One of these days, I'll talk about the cruise. It was awesome. The food was amazing. The variety of food was amazing. How they fed you was amazing. It's it's mind blowing. I just love but, the fact that you decided to start working out on vacation. 
Well, but just quite frankly, I needed to. Well, I, you, look, have to I, you have to sometime. Yes, sometime. I, well, I we're glad. losing my abs. We're gl- so <laughs> hopefully they'll be back soon. <laughs> oh, so many responses. We're, we're losing. I missed you guys. Uh, oh, by the way, I'm your abs talk about, or us? Yes, I, I missed those guys too. Um, we're going to be talking about both uh, of them. Uh, my my segment today is on youth ministry. How to have a God glorifying youth ministry in the church that uh, doesn't separate. Um, needlessly, the teens from the adults. That'll awesome. be a, kind of an interesting discussion. <laughs> and considering all three of us have youth ministry experience, yes, we bring a lot to the table in this discussion today. Tons. Ninety percent of the time, we have no clue what we're talking about. Yes, but, but we today actually have we, some experience. Yeah, today we'll actually have a little bit to, to add. All right, so uh, you've been involved in youth ministry for what ten years? Yeah, Nick, I mean, he's looking at Nick. You, I am. I'm thinking. It's it's about twelve for me. Uh, well, I, for you, Dave. I was a youth pastor from um, two thousand ten to two thousand thirteen. So okay, three years. Okay, so that's a lot of years. I'm yep. not going to do the math there, but uh, it sounds like close to twenty five years of experience. If you want to count kids ministry like children too, then I've got a little bit more to add. But if we're just strictly going youth, I think we can you know we can fudge it, the rules as we go because mm. we it's our show. Yeah, it's our show. calls on it. Yeah. So 100 years combined youth ministry experience. We're going to talk <laughs> about this article, okay. so you need to listen. Write this that. down. Tell your grandkids about it. Yep. Wow. Well, before we do anything else, guys, we're going to start with uh, what were you thinking? And uh, this week we have a special treat. What were you thinking? Church sign edition, which is the point of the is show church where – going to be featured? No. Okay. This is the point of the show where we all are ashamed of being Christians. <laughs> we we actually have that point of the, a lot on the show. <laughs> That's true. Not ashamed of Christ. Ashamed no, not of not. Well, yeah, probably, people who maybe, claim the name. Maybe I should say ashamed of um, having a church sign and okay. being pastors in a in churches that have signs. There you go. Uh, this week, by the way, what were you thinking? Church sign edition is brought to you by Pinterest because that's where I found this material. Pinterest. Yeah, Pinterest. What region of the country are you from? <clears throat> Because that's a strange pronunciation <laughs> of Pinterest. No, Pinterest. <laughs> Pinterest would be P I N T R E S T. Oh, I see. Okay. Pinterest is how they spell it. I see. Well, see, more I get, power to you. I get tired of being mocked for the way I say things simply because I say them the way they're spelled. Herschel Kreese, I'm looking at you. <laughs> Why? Why? Poor Why? old Herschel Kreese. His name is very simple. <laughs> As I said before, it's a K with a rice after it. Uh, Herschel, I'm just playing with you, man. You, you've thrown a few verbal jabs at me. I mean, no, written jabs at me in the Hall of Dogma, so I get a verbal jab in. I see that. It, it, You're one to remember it, jabs thrown in your direction. I am. It is Pinterest. That's how you spell it. Okay. But, uh, however you guys want to say it, I found most of these on Pinterest. I am not logged in with my own account, so please no one ask me that. I am on my wife's. I see. Well, that that makes it better. That makes it better. Go so ahead, Here Reverend. we go. If, if, I mean verbiage. And you guys can uh, please chime in with commentary on the various church signs. First United Pentecostal Church of Ragley says prayer, wireless access to God with no roaming fee. <laughs> Pentecostals. You know, i got a story about Pentecostals. Oh, wait, we're supposed to do the, the sign. My bad. Yeah, they don't uh, know much about signs. That was a joke. How about Emmanuel Southern Baptist Church? Hey. Baptists. Well, I've got a lot of stories about Or them. the general Southern Baptist Church, bring your sin to the altar and drop it like it's hot. <laughs> All right. 
That's, we don't. That's um, by the way, alter is spelled funny. Ten years ago, kind of hip too. Alter is spelled A L T E R. Oh, Which, hey, that's a misspelling there. We don't really have an altar here. We have steps, steps. So steps that are pink, actually. Jonesville Church of God, which, by the way, I would not go to. I'm sorry, Jonesville. Ooh, I don't. <laughs> we might have some listeners in Jonesville. Well, I'm just saying. I, I don't know. I would avoid calling my church if you're anything church is Jones Jonesville. Let, let's go ahead Jonesville, and change that. Yeah. But uh, uh, referring to Jim Jones, I mean, yeah, for like you Jones, younger yeah, listeners that yeah. have no idea what yeah. we're talking about. Yeah. Uh, but uh, Jonesville Church of God and Pastor Roger wants you to know Obama, Osama, hmm, are they brothers? Are you kidding me? No, I'm not. It's no, a real sign. I'm kidding. looking at it. Okay. Now that's just. That's just. Uh, Dumb, stupid, moronic. It's a, it's a variety Deep of things. Rested. If you're going to disagree with the pastor, I mean, if you're going to disagree with the president, there are far better ways to do it. All right, so four, four signs in, you're ashamed. It wasn't even of, four signs, but yeah. yeah. Hey, by the way, I just realized I can comment on this stuff as my wife because I'm signed in with her account. Oh, you should do that. <laughs> this is going to be great. Go ahead and make some comments on the fly. This is what she gets for only using for using the same password on every single account she has. Do some exceedingly inflammatory comments just to see what happens. What can I say on this one? Garden Heights Baptist Church, swallowing pride will never give you indigestion. I don't know. I need to it encourage might. you. To stay away from the keyboard, David. Don't don't type. I wouldn't. Hey, by the way, the number one peddler of moralism in the United States, church signs. Church signs. <laughs> yeah. Number two peddler is the church itself, but number one peddler is church signs. The Lighthouse Church, which you can reach at lighthouse.org, says, Wow, how did life, that name? It's a pretty good one. Life is cray-cray. Jesus is the way-way. Wow. Again, like four or five years ago when cray-cray was kind of hot – that that would have been uh, kind of you know I we guess. are never on time. No, we're not. Fads. We are. That's true. We are slow in the. It's church. like God's not dead. The apologetics in that is at least four or five years past. Oh. <laughs> Our Savior's Church says you may party in hell, but you will be the barbecue. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, I, I could. Just, hey, I wonder how many people got saved because of that. That's sign. what I was going to say. I, I wonder how many people picture. stopped at that sign and repented right there. You drive by, you're, you know, a couple of atheists in the car, and they see that, they're like, "Whoa, whoa, whoa, burn! We're going to burn in hell. We're going to be barbecue." Do that. No. What do we do? Well, it doesn't say what you do. It just says you're going to hell. It's not very helpful. Um, unknown church because they didn't put the actual name here. Lent is coming. Get your ash in church. <laughs> Okay, Nick. PG thirteen, but I, I, I've never seen that sign before. That's clever. I can respond, but I'm going to have to edit myself. Okay, I don't want to give you more. I don't want to give you more than uh, than you already have to do. Have Saint, we had a discussion in the hall about Lent? By the way, I don't think so. I don't believe. Wow, so. I haven't seen. And we haven't talked about it. It's, it's really either. surprised that no one's brought that up. Now that that's you mentioned weird. It. You guys do Lent? Uh well, I did when we were at the Episcopal Church. Okay. I have not made a practice of giving things up for Lent like some of my brothers do yeah. that yeah. I know. St. Joseph Parish says, I don't know why some people change churches. What difference does it make which one you stay home from? <laughs> yes, sir. I'm not that's, sure. Maybe they kind of defeatist, yeah. isn't it? I, I don't, I'm not a fan. Angry pastor one. there. How about Calvary Baptist Church? This one's a little better. God's Garden. Let us be kind, squash gossip, and turn up for church. <laughs> Listen. 
Maybe you could put "sorry for being corny" underneath. If that, you, you go, know? if you go to Calvary Baptist, you should you should find the man who puts your signs up and tase him. Yeah, and you should just blow blow your sign up. <laughs> I mean, don't sort injure anybody. Act. Yeah, don't injure anybody. Yeah. But uh, so back to the to the Lent question. Uh, there was actually a good church sign. Uh, Kevin posted to the Hall of Dogma. Uh, it's Lent. Get your ash in church at the drive-through window. Oh yeah, that's right. I saw ashes that. Ashes and coffee to go. I saw that. So you could you could go together. through and get the uh, ash thing. Wow. Someone also posted. Uh, was this in the Hall of Dogma where oh, they yeah. posted the various um, yes. kinds of crosses? Yes. And it was it was different like uh, was crosses amazing. and smudges. Some of them were smudges and stuff. A few more of these guys. Uh, Pentecostals of Santa Fe want you to know that Maury Povich is not the only place to find your father. <laughs> All right. Oh my! Hey, he's the guy that does the paternity tests on TV. Yes, yeah. I and can't stand those shows. And they're kind of relating it because God the Father, you could find him. And I, I get no, it. we got okay. it. Okay, yeah. Jesus had his palms red, so you would know our future. No, no, no. That's uh, you don't want to do that one. No, that's no. that's red is red. No. Oh, man. He didn't have his palms red. I got he had you. his palms red. Yeah. Like, which technically I don't think he was actually crucified in the palms. But. Okay. So, so inappropriate. Oh, you, you don't think the blood made it there? No, well, that's true. Is that's it point. inappropriate to make stupid puns about stupid the crucifixion? Because I kind of think that might be inappropriate. Okay. Like, it, it, like making light of like the most amazing thing. The only thing I care about is, is, is it inappropriate to read an inappropriate pun about the crucifixion? I don't know. We're, I mean, you. this whole segment is about making fun of church signs and and people who put them up. So I feel like I'm doing a service. Well, well this segment is not always making fun of church signs. Usually it's making fun of generally stupid people, not generally stupid brethren in Christ. If it's possible to sin on the on a podcast, and I think it is. We've done it. I, well, no, I, but I think you have the most liability, David, because you usually yes. start with this segment, yes. and uh, it's always borderline. So you two, you two guys, just get to sit back and just kind of, you know, sin, roll your eyes at. I'm not saying we're sin yeah. we're sin less. Hey, David, I'm saying we you know sin less feel. than you. Mm-hmm. We you get it. Yeah, I say. Look, you are you are Buddha on the hill. According heard, heard to the director, ready to just angry last week. Ready to impart to us your grand wisdom. So everybody's just waiting for me to get through my my Joker segment, so we can get to Chase and the real stuff. Um, I don't know what to say. I, I enjoy this segment very much. I hope it doesn't stop. I have two more for okay. us. I don't know how Christians, by the way, have uh, gotten the label of being judgmental. But anyway, Haven's Corner Church says <laughs> I kissed a girl. I liked it. Upset. I kissed a girl, I liked it, and then I went to hell. <laughs> oh, gosh. <laughs> okay, that's, uh, that's, that's losing the culture war right there. You're making a joke. Okay, I'm just going to be serious for just a second. Okay. All right, you're making a joke, right? But what you're – you're <sighs> – Jeez, I, I I know it's I, I know that's a song, right? Yes, it's a song okay. by Katy Perry. Katy Perry. Um, there's some humor in that sign. I appreciate the humor of it, but it, it's also, you know, it, it's it's specific condemnation mm-hmm. for homosexuals is something the church has uh, excelled at over the years, and and. And, and proclaiming the gospel in love to homosexuals is something the church has not excelled at. So I think that's just a, a furtherance of our uh, terrible ha- mishandling of 
homosexuality in general. It's a shaming. It's a shaming of, you know. And by the way, uh, homosexuality sinners. will send you to hell, and yeah. so will adultery well, and pornography, okay. lying, greed, etc. Giving into living out homosexuality. Uh, precise, that's, would, a, that's a good way of putting it. Would send it, yes. you to hell. Not. I don't think the temptation does. No, I don't. I don't think the temptation to adultery will send you to hell. No. The uh, although practice of it is what the scripture says. We're all guilty, and apart from Christ, are hell bound. Yeah. In a handbasket. Amen, my Calvinist brother. Hey, I have one. The Arminians agree with that too. Well, I, it's I haven't read their book. I don't know. I, you I, haven't read y'all's book either. <clears throat> no, no, I simply said it's, it's an awfully long book. <laughs> it is a long book. It's the Bible. Uh, it, so I have not. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's the ESV version of it. If it's the King five James. points for David. <laughs> I would like to point out, as I do the last sign, that Chase just did it. I am giving church signs, and he stopped me in the middle so he could impart wisdom. The director and several people bowed down. I have an excellent PR manager. I would like to thank Bill for his advice uh, on podcasting. New Beginnings Fellowship has a sign-up that has debt, an acrostic, debt, D-E-B-T, doing everything but tithing. Oh, that's awesome. I tell you what, I bet their offerings. Their offerings this month soared. Have just been amazing. It soared at that point. So, uh, all right, guys, mm. what were you thinking? Church sign edition. Thank you to the pennant people and my wife, who has made several um, questionable comments on some of these signs. I awesome. apologize for. Can you her. share any of them, or no? Nah. Just you know, we'll wait to hear from your wife. Just, just, just wait. Just I apologize for her behavior. Well, which I have to do a lot. Has she been drinking? <laughs> no, I mean I don't. I don't think so. Okay, we'll just pray for her. Please do. Well, guys, as we, so that we don't have too jarring of a transition into our next topic, which is based on a Gospel Coalition article by John Nielsen, which asks the question: Does your youth ministry mess with Christ's bride? I thought we could have a bit of a transition from the hilarity of the first segment into the seriousness of the second segment by asking you guys, Nick, you in particular, um, hashtag free Nick, if we have any outrageous youth ministry type stories to share. Oh, I do. Hang on. Okay, go ahead, David. So what happened was one time I was pastoring youth and what's wrong? I was waiting for you to be done. Oh, I, did you did you say? No, I was I, just kind of kidding around with. I it. thought you said me. I did, but I was, it was a joke. Oh, oh you were pretending you were going to talk. Yeah. That's yeah, just a, you know aggravation yeah. humor. Yeah, Nick's work. By the way, wives like love aggravation humor. <laughs> when you do things to be funny and aggravate them, they totally get that. If you want a strong marriage, do that because every wife loves it. Amen. Wise words again from Chase, Pastor Chase. His yeah, that book was, on marriage. It was will sarcastic. Be, his right book there. on marriage Hashtag will be out soon. All right, Nick, go ahead. I'm sorry. No, really, dude, this is your time. Okay, very good. Yeah. All right, so first of all, it's, uh, it's funny to me that um, just this past week on Twitter, the Twitter, thine Twitter, um, a, account I found followed as they used to be Back Row Baptist has now changed Back Row Believer, but he was doing a segment, Not a Youth Trip Unless, hashtag this week. I saw you that when you reposted. <laughs> dude, this one on me. Unless the kid who everybody already thought was saved gets saved again. <laughs> It's not a youth trip. Uh, so the thing whenever I was in youth ministry that it wasn't a youth trip until somebody burned or broke a secular CD. 
There so you go. I, I grew up in the age people of bro- oh, burn secular CDs at yes, and the chemical fundamentalist. Reaction. Yeah, that's kind of dangerous. Baptist church. Where well, you we went? had a we had a big drum, uh, big fire drum, but uh, the sound that plastic makes when it melts is one that's a hissing sound. And in the Pentecostal over spiritualized church I went to, um, oh, that was a demon. Folks were sure. <laughs> We heard demons. You are making that up. I wow. wish I was, son. I wish I was. Really? You you have got to be making that up. Now, by the way, all of us have been in charismatic churches before. We like charismatics. We believe. I grew up in a charismatic spirit. church. Yeah, but that's silly. So, um, youth ministry is interesting. The the there are numerous stories of stupid things I have done or participated in, but probably the. Oh my gosh, what were we thinking? Uh, best one for me was, and I don't actually even remember the sermon series anymore, but um, the youth group I was a youth leader in uh, out of high school and um, into my young adult years, um, there was going to be a series of sermons where the illustration, it was, it was about fighting, obviously, but the illustration was a wrestling ring. Uh, it was a regulation size, like WWE size oh, wrestling ring. I already ring. like where this is we going. We brought in. Mm. And the culmination of the series, we actually had some different guys in the church that put on four wrestling skits. Wow. And so we, we had a blast. I been a part of that. Um, um, speaking, speaking of which, nice. didn't you break something in the process of that uh, or hurt, hurt yourself somehow? Yeah, I did. It was delightful. What did you do? Broke my hand. <laughs> You broke your so, hand doing the wrestling. Well, so what I what I did is I actually what's odd is I chipped a I didn't actually break my hand even I chipped a bone off of my hand and so like wow. it got it was just it was odd but we had another guy one of the youth leaders hurt, legit hurt his back like chiropractic time for wow. many months and but you know wrestling's fake so so it was but it was fun to get hurt a blast. I have a similar. That was I was being story. sarcastic. Oh, you you will get a kick out of this. The guy who taught us to do the wrestling was a. Um, what are the guys that when guys are being built up they fight? The the pushovers. Oh, the uh, uh, they called jobbers. Them jobbers. Jobbers. Okay, one of the Job. was a jobber that um, actually fought warrior. When they were building him up, oh the really? And, yeah, Whoa. and so you know they were trying to make him bigger than life. That yep. guy was crazy though. Well, they were trying to make him bigger than life to to take on Hogan. Yeah, and um, one of the things he was going to do is lift the guy over his head and just drop him in the ring. Wow! And the guy that I knew said, "No man, just throw me out." And at that time, you just didn't do that. That was right. that was over the line. Yeah, and so he told Warrior, "Hey, just toss me. I'll be fine." And so was he fine? Yeah. Oh yeah. No so I mean, he knew he knew how to take the bumps, and so that he was a awesome. fun guy. That wow. is awesome. Yeah. All right. So one time, uh, and I'll get to the meat of the story here in a second. What? One time I was a speaker. Wrestling? On a, I mean, that's not good quality. Uh, it's, it's, we can end the there. segment right now. It, and David, it would be good. Yeah. yeah. I'm about to go watch wrestling. With this you is another wrestling youth ministry story. Okay. So, so I, was, uh, I was a youth minister at one church, but I often would speak at other churches too. And I went on a retreat with a particular church in the Birmingham area that I won't name. Um, their buses stopped at a gas station, and I dressed up as a homeless person. I smeared mud on my face and stuff like that, and got and, and the youth minister, a good friend of mine, uh, got got me on the bus with them. So I was freaking out all the students as a homeless man. And the first night I spoke, I actually walked up and took all my homeless clothes off and spoke, and it, you know, it was a big reveal and all oh, that. You told me about that. I told you about that. A lot of fun. But on that trip, there were a lot of guys who were wrestling fans. So in between our sessions, we 
we had mats set up and we had uh, we had just just free for all wrestling and it was awesome. And I got in there and mixed it up with them. There was a young man on the on the trip, very uh, a very nice, kind hearted, sweet teenager. He had Down syndrome and he was a tremendous wrestling fan. And even though he was very nice to me, anytime I would lock up with somebody else pretending to wrestle, he would pound my lower back in the tailbone. Oh. And I ended up being injured for like a year from uh, every time I sat down, I was like, oh, ah, mm, golly, that hurts uh, because of that, that wrestling. So, so the long story short is, as Nick and I will tell you, wrestling is a dangerous sport. Yes, yes it is. Uh, hey, I, what's I, your best wrestling story, David? Uh, what? Well, I, I was going to tell something else. Oh, I, I just I had two friends of mine who were youth pastors who almost got arrested one time, um, participating in a uh, public spanking of one of their former. <laughs> Are youth Are you members. kidding? That's nah. that's outrageous. Yeah. It's, it's who would crazy. be caught? Were they in ministry? Yeah. Well, in public what? They are for now until they <laughs> until their home church finds out about it. Well, I, I, we probably shouldn't say the name of the home no, church. No, we don't need to. So were these guys I mean, were, was it their youth group that, that did this or was it somebody else's youth group? No, it was, it was somebody else's youth group. Oh, they were okay. there. But no, they were heavy. Wow. They were heavily handed in it. Oh, were the guy who youth group handed in it? <laughs> That's that sounds a little sketchy. My, my understanding of the story is they were not heavily handed in it. They I'm, were observing. I'm from fairly the side. sure the guy whose youth ministry it used to be was trying to be the uh, the uh, the sole wise speaker in the moment and tell everybody they needed to leave. No, I'm no. sure he thinks he was. Oh, that was me. I mean, that was the the other guy who said we need to get out of here. This is getting bad. Yeah, you know what I was doing? I was standing there telling jokes. <laughs> Probably so. <laughs> And, and encouraging it. I may or may not have taken a picture or two. Oh, man. Uh, well, this has been a great uh, segment on youth ministry. I hope everybody is how really not to do it. Let me tell you what. Let me tell you what. They, uh, everybody's walking away going, I would not let those three guys near my kids. Probably so. It's fortunate that we're not in youth ministry at the current moment. It, it should be said that, and this does not make the story better in some respects, but when the, the, the alleged incident may or may not have occurred, the kids were well out of youth group, and yeah, they were old. They were like Adults, twenty more like. two, twenty-one yeah. years old. So, yeah, yeah. And I always like saying uh, participated, but um, anyway, if you're really interested in that, you can uh, you can listen to an earlier episode of the Gospel Friends yeah, like for ten years ago. A little bit more information. It is the one where um, there's crime scene tape on the. Uh, oh, that's on the header. Picture. On the header, at the Gospel Friends. The Gospel Friends. Dot com. Look it up. All right. Well, we've had our four minutes of silliness. It's time to get serious. Four minutes is kind of in ministerial quotes there. Oh, was that a U2 reference? It, uh, no. Oh, okay. Nice try, though. All right. So John Nielsen, again, from thegospelcoalition.org, asked the question, does your youth ministry mess with Christ's bride? And he goes on to make a case for good biblical youth ministry in the church. And I, I want to read one little paragraph, and then I want to give you some of his uh, diagnostic questions and let you guys respond to that. He says this, A strong and drastic reaction against youth ministry by some has been to eliminate it completely. Quick pause there to say, that is the current state of the Hall of Dogma Church. We don't have a ton of teenagers here. We have a handful. We have a ton and ton, tons of 
children and, and middle schoolers that are about to be teenagers. We will have the largest youth group in the country in, in a, a couple, couple of years. years. Yeah, if we go that direction. And so part of this discussion – We're heavy-handed on college age. We do have that. And on kids. It's just kind of that in-between. Well, well this, is, this is for us, just kind of peeling back the curtain for the listeners. This is a real discussion for our, our church that, that we're involved in leadership in. But it's also a, a discussion for all of us to consider. So anyway, uh, John goes on to say, A strong and drastic reaction against youth ministry by some has been to eliminate it completely, to entirely integrate the younger generations of believers into the life of the church. He says there, there's warrant in this move, and it's a move that's been made and advocated by people like Vadi Bakum, who I have a lot of respect for, and other people. He says there's warrant in this move when it actually works. The problem is that it can sometimes cut out a key season of ministry for both students and leaders, a time that God can use in powerful ways in spiritual development and relational growth in Christian community. So guys, I don't think we're going to have the question today of should churches have youth ministry or not, but I might bleed into that. But the question, the, the kind of the conversation we're going to have today is how can a church do youth ministry in such a way that it strengthens the church overall, enhances the main ministry of the parents who primarily have the role of discipleship of their kids, and is healthy? Does that sound like a good starting point? Yeah. All right. Sounds good. So John asks these questions. And I'll ask them and then kind of uh, let you guys respond. He says, uh, here's some diagnostic questions for churches with youth ministries and youth pastors. Does the youth minister compete in any way with the priority of corporate gatherings for the students? Does uh, He says, for example, we might ask how our desire to have relevant and age-appropriate teaching for our youth, does it sometimes prohibit them from being engaged with expository preaching, from being in- engaged with whole church corporate worship? All right. Well, first of all, I would say that I don't <clears throat> – I, I think expository preaching should be happening in the youth group. Um, I would agree with that. So I, I don't think the dichotomy should be that hey in youth group it's you know topical fun sermon series based on movies or something and then they can get expository preaching in the big church service quotation marks that nobody could see um, but I do th- I, I do think that's important because I think that uh, so one of the things that I I saw and that I think is a kind of a danger with youth ministry that you have to be careful of is that you keep kids separated yeah. from the time they're kind of old enough to start going to kids' classes when they're young and then youth with the idea that every time there's a gathering of the believers at your church, you need to have a separate event happening for the youth so they can have their own thing. And then when they graduate high school and it's time for them to enter into um, a community of believers, most of those churches, a lot of them don't have college ministries and things like that. They, they get they have no idea what to do. They're not connected with anybody. They're, they're you know, outside of kind of their group. Um, they move off, go to another uh, city or state for college, and, and they try to go to churches. They can't find one that that uh, and don't know how to connect when they go in the door yep. because they have, have we they've been separated. They've been separated from the church for so long. They don't. You, you hear things like. Well, I can't get they're, they're all older people, so I can't connect with them. The, the Bible points us toward 
one generation, older generation, teaching and instructing the younger generation, but we never let, in that kind of model, the youth have any opportunity to connect with older generation of people. I remember when I was teaching youth, I had um, I had someone say to me one time talking about one of our World, uh, World War II veterans. They, they just said, you know, I was trying to encourage them to make connections, and they just said, well, I have nothing in common with them. You know, they can't relate to my life. And I said, well, no, they can't. You know, they don't understand some of the things that you are going through. But you know what? You don't know what it's like to get a letter in the mail that tells you you have a week and a half to report to a, you know, a a draft station because you're being sent off to the other side of the world. There are things you can learn from them, and there are things and experiences that you could learn from them. So I do think it's important for a youth minister to not – um, I think it's important for a youth minister to look for ways to integ- integrate the youth with the larger congregation. I think it's important for not just the youth minister, but the staff of a church to do that. He technically answered your last question, but I don't think it's a bad answer. Okay. What, what would you add to that, Nicholas? I have so much insight that I just knocked out a few questions in one. You are on a tall mountain. How about that, Tony? Guru McConnell. <laughs> not laughing now. But the bitterness is, is ill-befitting a man of your stature, <laughs> a wise one. Uh, I'm just playing with Tony. Go ahead. I'm just waiting for all the smell to leave with all the mess y'all are slinging. Um, wow. Anyway, sorry. <laughs> Hashtag harsh. Uh, you guys have really missed each other. and We have. Um, that's that's you, Nick. Chase trying to hold my hand the whole episode is a little unnerving, but I did miss you. I'm just going to stare at you. <laughs> That's not going to make it better. Which no one can see. <laughs> it was an ominous, threatening stare, not a loving, yeah. until longing stare. The way you said it <laughs> is, is, is how I think Emmanuel hears me say the content. There you go. <laughs> you won't let me hold your hand. I'm just going to stare at you. It's stares don't communicate well over a podcast, do they? They don't. I can tell Did you I what. Shake my fist at you, or okay, that's better. Okay, I'll I can tell that. you what ministry may be impeding people's ability to gather with the believers right now. So, what were we talking about? Youth ministry. Oh yeah, yeah Nick yeah. is positioning himself in this episode as the this is the wise man on the. Hill. Oh no, 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 no! Job, I am, Nick. I am the guy going. How am I going to fix this in post? Um, I think too often. I, I think it can be a competition, um, and it's a whole church philosophy. Um, and, and when I say that, I say big church. I'm not talking about any particular church. That the churches growing up, and a lot of the ones um, that I saw, you know, youth ministry was a stepping stone to associate pastor was a, was a stepping stone to senior pastor, and it was like you had to you had to yeah. walk up this ladder to get somewhere in ministry. And and so to do that, the thing you had to do, you did, had to be successful. Mm. And and it, it just felt like the metrics that people were graded on were not the gospel. It wasn't mm. biblical fruit. It was, you know, the kids you have coming in and how involved are they and da-da-da-da-da. And, and involvement didn't necessarily mean discipled, unfortunately. Um, hopefully, it was like... We're just going to get them all in, and if discipleship happens, great. And and I don't think if you ask any youth pastor, they would say that. That I don't think that's what any of them intended. Um, but it just seemed to be, you know, how do we get them in here? An overemphasis on growth and numbers. And- yeah, and and you know, and I remember, um, you know, I was I was not a 
I was a not a problem kid per se, but I you know I was one of the ones that kind of pushed the bounds and stuff. And you know I remember the youth pastor having to talk with my mom about you know um, how I was acting in youth, and it was weird because he was effectively threatening to kind of kick me out and um, for stuff I didn't know was a problem. And you know looking back now, I go where was Matthew eighteen in any of what? He was talking about doing, and I understand what you know. He he did want to create a safe place where other parents wouldn't worry about bringing kids, but you know, the Bible kind of lines out a way to do that as well. And so, what what are you what are you getting at there? And so, um, going back to the competing, I don't know that I've seen a lot of youth ministries. In churches, try to compete. Um, I do think there are a lot of uh, youth events and um, conferences, or even um, local city ministries. We used to have a big ministry here in Birmingham um, that I don't think always intended to compete with churches um, by their leaders and own verbiage. He encouraged local kids to go to local churches, um, but at the same time, you talking about the downstairs ministry? Yes. Okay. Um, <laughs> but you know, it's called the den. Yeah, close. The result was still a a competitive nature between them and churches, and I think that's I do think that's dangerous. One so. of these days, we'll have a discussion about parachurch ministries. Are they competition to the church or enhancements to the church? That's a good discussion. Uh, and I think they they I think they can be the latter. I think they end up being the former. Yeah, and I can, don't know. Yeah, they can be either one. Uh, yeah, and I think a lot, a lot of it depends on leadership and 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 look. Quite honestly, I think some just call it some church leaders and some pastors. There are there's just everything is a competition to them if it is somehow going to pull people from their congregation yeah. and from their services. And I think and, and that's a danger. And that's, that's a the danger. king pastor that's a danger. kind it of is. model. It's a danger. I, I will say for the youth pastor. I mean, I feel. There are guys that I feel sorry for when the church has that mentality of bigger means successful. Yes. Because the youth pastor is put in a position of maybe having a job review at the end of the year or something like that. And, and it, if it's all about numbers and growth and, 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 and new, you know, he, trying to you – know, you're, you're worried about fighting for your job and keeping it, especially if that's how you make a living for your family mm-hmm. – and you end up having to put so much resource into growing the youth group that you can't spend enough time in being concerned about um, discipling. Yeah. And, uh, you know, for me, I tell you, when I was a youth pastor, I spent – it was probably the opposite. Like I spent so much time trying to disciple those guys that I don't know that I did enough to point them toward outreach. So you could probably get balanced out of balance either way. Well, all right, so I hear, I hear you guys saying two things. One is you're saying that uh, it's unfair to judge a youth minister or a youth ministry in terms of numbers Absolutely. right, and, and, yes. and growth. And I would say this. I don't think you can have a healthy, God-honoring, Christ's bride-exalting uh, youth ministry that grows fast. Um, I, I think it's it's too, you, you can have a youth ministry that grows fast, but it's very difficult to have a healthy one that that grows fast. Uh, and then I also hear you guys saying that it's dangerous uh, in the context of John Nielsen's question. It's dangerous to separate the youth group from the larger corporate body of the church. 
Yes, so, I, yes, absolutely. Well, and, and here's the clarify, clarifying I question I want to ask is, separate them when? Separate them always or Full, separate them sometimes? How about I should say fully separate? Oh, I, would, I would never advocate to fully separate okay. for the body. Segregating them off in, in a way. I mean, we, you know, we did – Yes, I mean I grew are, up in the Wednesday night youth group, which is church on Sunday ours. mornings model, yeah. and I and I I still would advocate for that given the opportunity. If you're um, going to have a youth ministry, you have to have some type of separate time for them. Sometimes, and yes, unless you do it on a night where nothing else is happening, which is often inconvenient. I would there, never there some degree of separation that's going to happen, but that Sunday morning gathering, I would never advocate. That whenever your church does their church wide gathering, yeah. the, and the longer I've been at the Hall of Dogma Church, the more I am pro family integrated church. As young as is logical to not be a constant distraction, even with kids on Sunday morning. Um, like it's you know we have a, a my son's five, and and I would just about say. <laughs> Give me a children's church for him, but you know about the time five, six, seven, somewhere in that range, I'm I'm getting more and more older. I get I'm more and more okay with them being in church younger. Interesting um, okay. with with us, and yes, it's harder, and that's a conversation for another day. But you know the way we do prayer time and ministry time here. You know the, the little foster girl that's staying with us this morning asked me to take her down to the altar and pray for her sisters. And, wow. you know, I've been explaining to her what communion is. And, and we pray for them. At, we, we do prayers every night. So, that, I mean, you know, we do those things at home. But, but seeing that in the corporate body and then whenever we go down and people come and partner with her in prayer, to me, that's, that's invaluable. Anyway, yeah. sorry, I went off on a little bit of rabbit trail. But. And that, that's the thing. One of the, you know, we, we do family integrated Sunday mornings here, although we do have children's church, too, from time to time. Um, one of the things, I, one of the benefits, and I'm not a family integrated guy. I, I kind of go back and forth, but one of the benefits we've seen, especially in the worship time, is for whatever reason, I think it's a work of God. Our our children are learning to minister to each other in a context that I think you rarely see in churches, and I think that's one of the greatest blessings I've seen at the Hall of Dogma Church in. Yeah. The last few years is our children ministering to each other uh, over and over again. It's not perfect, but um, oh man, it's, it's good. It's, it's awesome to see. Can I interject real quick? Did y'all see this morning? Um, there's a family in our church that one of the younger children is is having um, some issues with somewhat chronic headaches. They yeah. just can't find the solution. Can't find the solution. Can't find the solution. And she went down to, for prayer. Some of the other young ladies her age went down and prayed with her as well. So we have an open prayer time at the yeah. Hall of Dama Church, and she went down t- to pray. Uh, some of her friends went to pray with her. Her younger brother. Um, her younger special needs brother that just recently learned to walk. Yeah, well, her her younger brother went first, and when her younger special needs brother saw it, saw her and him down there, he was going with them. Oh, yeah. And, and Dude, he. I about lost it. Oh, man. Look, man. And what was cool was watching their dad. Like, he stood up to make sure everything was okay. And then I was like, don't go get him. Because I thought he was going to pull him back. And he just let him stay. He yeah. just wanted to make sure he was going to be okay and not become a. Dis- but. Dude, you talk man, about man. That was powerful. That'll get you when, when, when we talk about man. I'm just not gonna. I'm just not gonna bother to take this to the altar, or you know, I, I don't want to bother anybody with this. Do you you see those kids just praying with each other, and then you see that little boy. He was gonna be with his sister and his brother, and he was gonna be doing what they were doing. And 
Anyway. Uh, that kind of thing teaches the adults. And when you when you immediately separate the children and the youth out from the rest of the congregation, right. you miss that sort of thing. Yeah. Uh, okay. Sorry. We've gone long <laughs> on this discussion, longer than I thought we had. I'll ask this question to you guys as kind of a closer. Uh, John Nielsen has uh, six questions to diagnose the health of your youth ministry. Um, but I'm, I'm just going to ask this one last one, and this will be our closer. He says, uh, this, he says, does our ministry, our youth ministry, generally support or compete with the discipleship work of godly parents in our congregation? I think that is such – I think that's the main question you've got to ask. So I'm going to rephrase it slightly and ask it to you guys this way. Uh, and this will hopefully be meaningful for listeners of the podcast and uh, apropos for the Hall of Dogma Church too. Is it possible – I'll go to you, David, first. Is it possible to have a youth ministry that is constructed in some, some way that it generally supports and enhances – the discipleship of godly parents in the congregation and doesn't compete with it. Yes. Are you wanting me to give a model? <laughs> I, I, you know, your thoughts on how that well, can no, be accomplished I mean, I, would be I welcome. think it can be accomplished in the same way that I think that um, bringing your family to a church service and having them sit under a senior pastor teaching on Sunday does not undermine necessarily the role of a husband being the pastor of his home uh, or a father being the pastor of his home. I mean, I, I think that the Bible talks about that that there are those who have been gifted as teachers and that they are gifted for the equipping of the saints and the good of the body. And the Bible really doesn't give a you know, an age on that. You know, quite honestly, I mean, in biblical times what people were getting married as fifteen and sixteen year olds, so um, in, in in some of the early cultures, so uh, you know, there's not ages put on it. I, I think it there there's a way, and and when I look at my kids, I have five kids. Um, I want them. I I have responsibility for being the primary pastor of our home, and I have responsibility for leading them and equipping them and teaching them. But if there are good godly men and women who are at the Hall of Dogma Church who are gifted teachers, and it will help my kids and equip them to be under their guidance and teaching for a period of time on a, as we gather, then I am, I'm for that. I mean, that, I, I think that is beneficial. And I don't see much difference, quite honestly, in having the teaching of a you know, youth pastor or children's pastor then I do having your children sit under the teaching again of a of a senior pastor, um, you know, out in out in the congregation. So I think there is a way that a youth minister could undermine parental authority. I, I, I do think that's possible. I think that you do see parents um, abdicating their responsibility to pastor and teach their kids and giving it off to Don't the church. Don't dare do that, parents. Giving it off to the church, which I think is wrong. In other words, is you know, we got to get we, we got to get the kids in church so they can learn about God. No, they need to do that at home. Um, or and, and start starting there. And so, uh, but I do think there is a way that the church and the body of believers um, and leaders in that church and, and gifted teachers in that church can help equip children and youth alongside of parents uh, working together. I do not think it has to be an either or. Okay, I, I like I like your answer a lot. See, I'm I'm the way he kind of touched on at the end is I. 
is what it feels like you see more of an expectation of the youth group. <laughs> Almost parents are like, I don't know what to do with my teenager. Youth pastor, you take care of them and this stuff. You know, this part of it, I don't know how to talk to them. That's that's why we have you. And and I think that's a gross misunderstanding of, of the way this, this whole thing should work. And Parenting, so, yeah. Um, well, you know, that's that's the interesting thing is because, you know, the parents – when it comes to, to work ethic and, and schoolwork and time management and even budgeting, you know, the parents will, will double down on all that. But when it comes to the spiritual and I don't, I don't understand that mentality and I don't, I don't understand how we got there. Um, for even parents to where, um, I mean, they're active in their, their church, but it just seems like we've created a model where, you know, we let the senior pastor tell us, us and our wives, what to do. We we let the, the youth pastor tell the, the youth what to do. We let the children's pastor tell the kids what to do when it comes to biblical matters. And we don't necessarily take any responsible for responsibility for our own discipleship and, and the discipleship of our families. And I think, and I don't know that pastors intentionally foster that on just like, like that sort of agenda, but you know, there comes a point where the people expect it and then the pastor's like, I, I don't know how to not do this and I'd rather y'all get something than nothing. And now it's, you know, people have advocated their responsibility. The pastor's trying to do anything he can. So he ends up inadvertently supporting that. And I don't know what to do there, but um, I think the youth group can function without competing. I just don't think it, it I think unfortunately ends up. It doesn't, and I think you have to really look at you know the the general makes a joke. Um, well, it comes off as a joke, although I think he's pretty serious. But he was like, you know, my mom didn't let me go to youth group when when I was a kid because she loved me, and you know, and and and, and, and quite honestly, we've heard horror stories. Um, what kind of stories? Horror. Okay, move on, Chase. Keep going. I heard it too. How Move do on. you say horror? No, no, keep going. Okay. Uh, so, horror. I mean, but I would, it's not with an A. I would, I, I would have welcomed my kids if they were of the appropriate age at the time to have been in your youth group, Chase. Oh, uh, that know. was very encouraging. Because, I mean, you, you, you handled your youth group pretty much the way that you pastored, period. I mean, you, you know, it wasn't built on silly, you know, corny games and, and um, you well, know, early on, skits, we and skits and stuff like that. Look, I'm not saying that you, you didn't have fun. I'm just saying I don't. From what I have heard, that was not. And and actually, having taught some of the college age kids that came out of your youth group um, through a weird twist of fate, uh, I that is a weird twist. Of fate, <laughs> yeah, I, I, you know, you taught them doctrine and you taught them soundly and you did exegetical preaching and and so I just think um, I would have had you know no issues with that I would welcome that I, I just think there is a way for churches to take a step back and say how do we minister to the family as a whole how do we how do we develop moms and dads who want to pastor um, in their homes and teach their kids and and come alongside of them to strengthen and disciple their kids and and how do we model ministry that looks like that i'm not saying i've got all the answers because quite honestly we're trying to figure some of that out at the hod church right now but i i, I do believe firmly there is a way to do it without i don't think i don't think it has to be that we have a youth ministry so we're not family friendly or we're not 
we're not concerned about family, um, you know, integration and, and, and family worship. And at the same time, I, I think you can have family worship and integration without having to discount, you know, having some type of youth uh, discipleship. I, I think there's a way to minister to the whole family, which I think is what we're called to. Yeah, you have families who come in the church who may be single moms or single single dads or new converts who don't know. And, and to say, well, they need to disciple their kids at home, they don't know how to disciple their kids. They need to disciple their kids as they're being discipled. The church's responsibility is to minister to the whole family. And so I think well, a lot of times both is needed. Isn't that where advocates of family integrated church would say, put them all together yeah. and let them get discipled at the same time? Isn't that kind of what that breaks down? I think so. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And, and, and look, I'm not. I'm, I'm not pushing. I'm not pushing back against family integrated church. I am. Oh, I'm no, no, fine. No, no. I'm fine with that. As, you know, I was. I was. That's one of the reasons that. Um, you know, I. I kind of I, I broke with our good friend Perry Noble, who I believe loves Jesus and I enjoy his preaching. But you know, his, at his church, there's a certain age you can't come in the sanctuary, and I, I heard him say several years ago that. You know, if parents said, well, I want my kids to be in church with me, he would say, well, that's fine, but just you're not going to go here, you know, because this is not going to happen here. Well, I'm against that. I think, you know, I I, I think you begin um, overriding parental authority, but I just think there's a way to minister to the whole family and, and to do it in a way that is um, that is ministering to both parents and youth and, and doing it together. So. Yeah, I think there. I think there is that way. We are at the Hall of Dogma Church, practically uh, for the most part, family integrated. Um, there is a dynamic that family integration, and again, I, I respect that. We roll that way. Love Vadi Bakum and the other FI people. There's a dynamic that family integrated, in my mind, does not adequately account for, and that is essentially this. And I, I think you guys have noticed this. And I, I don't want to drag the conversation out deeper. These are my closing comments to segue into the next section. But uh, the older my children get, especially I have a a teenage daughter, Chloe, who um, I love very much. She, as I did as a teenager, and I bet as you guys did as teenagers, she doesn't always get the meat of her spiritual teaching from her parents. She's listened to us a lot. Um, I know when I was a kid, I got sparked by God, not from my parents' ministry, always, although they raised me in church, but by a group of people my age that God began to move on, and we began to collectively seek God together in community. It didn't hurt my relationship with my parents. I don't know that it separated me from them, but you see that a lot. My, my daughter, uh, for instance, her friend Aaron, who listens to the podcast, shout out Aaron. Aaron exhorts her in godliness, and, and I feel like Chloe hears that and listens to that in a way that she may not listen to from her parents. And I think that dynamic, I don't think family integrated accounts for that quite as much. And I think the number one question we have to answer in the church in general and our specific place is how can we have a youth ministry that doesn't separate kids from their parents, that focuses on enhancing parents' discipleship, but still allows for that dynamic where uh, where people come together their own age and seek God together? I, I, and and I, I, absolutely, I absolutely agree with that. By the way, I, I – 
um, Aaron's one of my favorite listeners because she's personally told me that I'm her favorite Gospel Friends host. Whoa, Aaron. I'm the one that gave you the first shout-out. It's possible. And drove you to your basketball game. It's possible I could be lying. But anyway, I... uh, Pride kind of got a hold of me there. Hey, I will say, I always, though, I always support, at the end of the day, a parent's right to make their decision. Absolutely. Even if you have, even if there is a, you know, while I believe there's a benefit to having both family-integrated worship as well as youth-centric teaching and activities... I would always support a parent's right to make that decision over their family, uh, which is essentially what we do here in many ways because we have kids' activities uh, for certain ages, or and I hate saying activities. We have kids teaching, and the and the the teachers of those classes, and some of them listen to this podcast, put a tremendous amount of work mm-hmm. into that. Shout out to Rachel and Kevin and others, um, Monty at Monty and John. I don't know if Monty listens, so we'll give him a shout-out. Well, that's okay. Okay. But they put a lot into it. They yep. put a lot of teaching, and they do gospel-centered teaching. And But but I still, I give I give the parents at the end of the day the right. I mean, you say, if hey, I want my kids to be with me, this is how we disciple in my home, fine. More I mean, power to you. Yeah, exactly. No, no issue with that at all. I just, uh, as pastors discussing the merit of having both, I think there is a merit in having both to a degree. So. Cool. Good stuff. All right, guys. A uh, little bit of – we don't have to spend a lot of time on this discussion, but um, there's a friend of the show, as we like to introduce him, Andy Stanley. Uh, you guys like Andy Stanley? Yeah. <laughs> that's quite a question. All right. So uh, Andy Stanley, who God is – bless Andy Stanley. Andy Stanley, who is the um, – I, I will say we need to be somewhat gentle because I think my sister-in-laws visit his church at least semi-regularly. In Atlanta, so all right. I would say I'm not a fan, but I, he's not an enemy either. How about that? Right. right. I'm actually I'm a bit of a bigger fan than Chase is, um, I think, and have been before, um, because we've had that discussion before. We actually used to. So me and another guy that goes to the Hall of Dogma Church used to do a small group on Sunday mornings. Yep. And we did an Andy Stanley study on marriage, and it was pretty good. And it was a good. It was a pretty good study. There was one part in a seven or eight week series that we disagreed with it was a take he had on submission and what it meant yeah. he seemed to kind of neutralize submission in terms of well it, it's just a call for all he's, people to submit to each other he's more of an egalitarian yeah more of an yeah. egalitarian but i mean that was not a, it was not a salvation issue and, and overall the material was very good and um andy stanley is a great communicator um, I have heard many things that he has said that I, that I really enjoy. Met someone from his church a couple of weeks ago in a, in a ministry outside of here that uh, I'm involved with. Um, so I um, consider him a brother in Christ, and uh, there, there are many good things I could say about him. There are he, he's over the last few years. There, he, there's been some blowups in the media, some things that he has taught that. Um, a lot of people questioned back in 2012. There was a very controversial illustration that he used um, during a, a sermon series um, that kind of seemed like he wasn't taking a very strong stance on homosexuality as a sin. And Al Mohler and some other guys can, kind of came out and asked for him to clarify, which I'm not sure if he ever did. So uh, there's been some there's been some um, questions over there. By the way, trivia fact, guys, on on an old podcast that we used to do called Faith Today, mm-hmm. which you could find on YouTube if you were interested. The number one, I believe, was it the number number one Faith Today show we ever right. did or was uh, a, a show that we did on the topic of Andy Stanley and his dad 
Charles Stanley and some family uh, dynamics that had. Oh, I remember that. You remember that? And for a long time, if you searched, what was the Google search? No, it's still, it's, it's actually on Bing. It's a Bing it? search. Okay. If you search Andy Stanley or Andy Stanley divorce or Charles Stanley divorce. Yes, Charles look Stanley at that. divorce. Your, your, your mug Bing? there is number one. Oh, it sure is. It's my, my, my face there on Bing. And our video is approaching 10,000 views, which that, is not viral or anything, no, but, you know, decent. But it's, uh, that's pretty wild for, the, for that, that podcast. So anyway, um, Andy Stanley recently – what did you just do? Andy Stanley Andy. recently uh, preached a, uh, a sermon. He's in the middle of – it was kind of in the middle of a series on the church. And um, the, the, kind of the point of the series was that there are things that drive people away from the church – that the church needs to let go of. For example, um, having to wear a tie on Sunday mornings, that having to dress up to go to church is something that drives people away from the church, and it's not a it's not something the church should hold on to. And, and his comment was that the church should be irresistible except for the fact that we love Jesus. And what he was saying was he can understand people resisting the fact that we love Jesus. He could understand people pushing back on that, but that should be the only thing people push back on. That was kind of the point of his message, that everything else, the church should be irresistible and be a place that people want to come. But in the midst of that, he kind of made a, a statement that um, is has turned out some con- with some controversy on some uh, websites and blogs. So let me play this uh, clip, uh, very short, uh, this part of the teaching, and um, then we'll get you guys to comment on it. Here we go. These are my words, not hers, but who doesn't? Who doesn't want their life to be better and who doesn't want to be better at life? And here's what you've discovered and here's what we've discovered and here's hopefully what you'll discover. When you decide to follow Jesus, regardless of what you believe about Jesus, even before, even if you never come to the conclusion that he's the son of God, even if you never see him as the savior of the world, anybody who takes the teachings of Jesus seriously, anyone who embraces the teachings of Jesus, your life will be better and you will be better at life and who does not want their life to be better and who doesn't want to be better at life? So she had a good question. (laughs) Why doesn't everybody in America go to church? All right, so kind of Andy's point there and what he said was that, um, look, you know, everybody's life would be better if they would obey the teachings of Jesus and follow them. Even if they never came to the conclusion that Jesus Christ was the Son of God, their lives would be better if they would read and follow the teachings of Jesus. I'm assuming he's talking about many of the moral precepts um, since Jesus certainly taught he was the, the way to God. But even if they never came to the conclusion that he was divine and the Son of God, that their life would be better, and who doesn't want a better life? So a lot of people pounced on that and said, hey, he's, number one, teaching moralism. He's not leading people to the gospel. He's not teaching the gospel. Um, he's, he's, it's, it's a little bit like Joel Osteen in your best life now, except here's how you get it. Just follow the teachings of Jesus, even if you never actually come to salvation. So kind of the question I'm throwing out to you guys is kind of two parts, I guess. Number one, do you think that? Do you think people's lives would be better if they followed the teachings of Jesus, even if they never actually came to know him? But secondly, maybe more importantly, as a pastor or minister, is that a good approach? Um, or is that somehow harmful, maybe moralistic, to um, tell people to read and follow the, the words of Jesus, even if, even if they don't come to salvation? I would say 
moralism is a rampant false gospel in the church right now. And briefly defined, moralism is essentially the view that uh, you do good, believe in God, and that's enough to save you. Or you do good, believe in Jesus, believe in what Jesus did on the cross, and that's that's what saves you. But the focus is on doing good. And a moralistic gospel focuses on telling people to do right, to follow the teachings of the Bible, etc., when that's not what saves you. What Jesus' faith in Jesus through his death and resurrection on the cross um, is what saved you. We're not saved by works. We're saved by grace through faith. Um, in the context of moralism being rampant, I shudder a little bit at what Andy's saying. It does not have the gospel in it. At the same time, you preached a message this morning, David, on Hebrews 11. It was an excellent message. Uh, you should download it if you're part of the uh, uh, the Agape podcast group. It, it, great message. But if I snipped out uh, a random... 45-second snippet from your sermon, mm. I bet it might not have the gospel in it either. Uh, and you know, Obviously, I haven't listened to the whole message yeah. that Andy preached there. Um, if the essential thrust of that whole message, and he's a one-point-a-sermon guy, uh, if the essential thrust of that whole message is whether you believe in him or not, follow Jesus' teachings, well, I would say that's it, – it may make your life better. Jesus was a great teacher. That's good. It's just too close to moralism for me. You know, Paul says in 1 Corinthians fifteen nineteen, if we have put our hope in Christ for this life only, we should be more pitied than anyone because Jesus calls us to self-sacrifice. He calls us to an abundant life, um, but not a comfortable life. Uh, and, and, you know, if as Paul says elsewhere, if... Uh, if Jesus isn't raised from the dead, then eat, drink, and be merry because, you know, we're all doomed. But overall, answering your question, um, I would say, yeah, I think I think following the teachings of Jesus is is better than not. But it's only better for this life. It's only temporary. And the great danger is it might delude you into thinking you're a Christian. So it bothers you that's not the full picture to a to a to an extent. Yes. If that was the only if that was if the, that was the thrust, thrust of the, of the message, message that yeah. would bother me. If that's just an aside, eh, it doesn't bother me. And, and I will say, I started listening to the sermon. I won't go to Nick, but I, I did start listening to the sermon. It's about 36 minutes long. I got through about 15 minutes, 16 minutes of it. And again, I think the thrust of the, the sermon series he's doing right now is just the church taking a look at, at itself. What are you holding on to? And, and several times in the message, he encouraged the church to only be dogmatic about Jesus. Hmm. That, you know, now, now there are many of my Calvinist brothers and, and doctrine-loving uh, brothers in Christ who would probably push back against that as well. But I mean, my point is he, he kept saying, be, dog, you know, be dogmatic about Jesus. He didn't use that word, but... Um, that should be, he said, if someone's not going to come to, to your church, it should be because they say they love Jesus way too much. That was kind of the, th- the point that he kept hammering home and that we don't need to hold on to other things and that, um, you know, that we should only be, we should only be uh, concerned about Jesus. Well, I think the and Judaizers so, were probably Jesus-focused. Paul did not have kind words for them. Amen, brother. In fact, he told them. Captain oh, wait, Heresy it's, Hunter. It's Nick's, Nick's turn. No, yeah, I, I was I was fascinated with what you had to say, Chase. As always, you everyone, everyone's everyone's fascinated with what Chase has to exactly. say. Exactly. Hey, look, he is the beacon of wisdom. He is. Look, you guys, light you guys need to go on a cruise. 
You'll love it. You'll love it. Together? Feel better about life. No. Yes. How do I go on my life? Romantic cruise yeah, Anyway, do you want to talk to, about this article, Nick? Or this segment? I don't know that we can bring it back now. Um, Chase took it to a very awkward awkward place. We've brought it back from further away. Yeah. Yes, you we can have. Do it. Um, the statement in and of itself, uh, you know, I, I understand Chase's reservation. I, I do. Um the statement in and of itself, I don't, I don't disagree with the statement. Um, and if if you take the statement for what it is and the context it's presented, I don't disagree with the statement. Um, what I guess the the internet debate that has raged on about it is is what just makes me want to bang my head on a a blunt hard surface because it's like Ouch. let's find another way for Christians to look unappealing Christianity to look unappealing to the world is to argue over the importance or the value of the teachings of our savior. And it's just it, the fact that we, we fight and quibble with one another over this just, I don't know. I, I respect that the moralism comments and, and the critiques, but you know, we, in our, our small group Friday, actually, I, I squared off, um, and Chase is going to love to hear this now in this context when he can't get more information out of me. But I heard your whole small group broke up, uh, disbanded after Friday. Well, yeah, it was my fault. Um, I squared off with one of our members about um, – Hey, this is news to me. Huh? I'm in that. Right hey, you got, hey Chase, since you're in that go- – you, you can actually join my small group. It's, it's uh, very healthy. All right. Shout cool. out to Josh. Yo. Wow, it's my, who, might actually, who might actually be his Ron Paul like charts? <laughs> who actually might be uh, here hosting with us soon? We'll have to give him awesome. a name. Well, not with us, but with Chase. With well, Chase, yeah. After he, after we go on a romantic cruise, apparently. Um, <laughs> hey, Nick, your romantic <laughs> cabin week. Programming note: Nick and I are both going to be gone next week, and no matter what Chase says, we are not on a romantic cruise. <laughs> Correct. Together. Yeah, we'll we'll see the truth next week, folks. I'll have proof. Although we are spending the night at a camp together. You really could have left that out. <laughs> you understand that? Hold on. Edit point. Yeah, Wait, I'm now I'm the one saying edit point. point. <laughs> uh, but but no, we 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 kind of went back and forth about people who claim Christianity and then not living up to the the teachings of of the Bible, and that's you know just kind of this back and forth over you know how should we interact with folks like that and stuff, and there, there's just such a generality. Um, to Christianity right now. So I understand why people push back on it, but but the fact that we started a Twitter war over hey, you'd be better off listening to what Jesus said, that just that troubles me. You know, I I I, I find it interesting. I, I wonder um you know how many here here's the thing, like the words of Jesus and the teachings of Jesus, you know, if if somebody really dove into that and really read that and, and thought about it and started following? I mean, would that lead them to a place of truth? Is that a bad place to, you know, I, I realize that that's not, you know, again, we've we got to be careful about moralism. We don't want to say, well, here's how you, you know, here's how you come to the gospel. Start start obeying see, and you'll come to the gospel. Saying. Well, I don't know. I'm just saying that that would be a pushback. We don't, we don't start there. But, right. you know, John 17, 17, um, uh, sanctify them in truth. Your word is truth. The words of Jesus are truth oh, from from the Father. I'm not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power, the power. unto salvation. So, so the word the word can save. I, I guess here's the thing. I would because of what Jesus did. Because of what Jesus did. I, I would say, 
Yes. It, it, the question that I ask, would people be – would society be better off if people followed the teachings of Jesus over following you know, the current of the world, as Hebrews says – or excuse me, as Ephesians says? Absolutely. I think they would, um, although people are not going to do that. Um, I, I, I've, I've had an opportunity in the last few months to, to teach – um, and present the gospel to some people who, quite honestly, you know, had, had really very basic knowledge or um, misunderstandings about the gospel. And, you know, I could see myself saying, you know, as a starting point, we give them a Bible as a starting point, look up the words of Jesus, read what he said, yes. look at his words, look at his teaching, consider those. I, I don't think I would use the look at his words and obey them and your life will be better necessarily. I wouldn't put it that way. I don't think I'd put it that way, but I can certainly see myself pointing to the words of Jesus and saying, this is a great starting point for you. Look at Jesus. Look at his teaching. Look at what he said. Look at how he said to live. And, you know, I can see myself... I could see myself saying something like that. So, I, I, you know, I, I probably would not have put it the way... Stanley put it, but in general, I don't have a, I don't know, this is not one of those things, kind of like Nick, this is not one of those things I think get all up in arms about, um, for me, anyway. Okay. So, uh, interesting, if you have some feedback on that, uh, which, you know, uh, knowing our audience, you guys will. Yeah, we'd love to hear from you. Yeah, put it in the Hall of Dogma on Facebook or uh, Twitter, and uh, and shoot us an email, any of those things. Uh, Nick, speaking of the Hall of Dogma, we got... um, well, programming note, I understand Nick had a game today, but um, it was you had brought a dish of illegal mushrooms and biblical herbs, and you were going to pass it around and let us guess whether biblical they were herbs. illegal mushrooms or biblical herbs. To, but we discussed off yeah. air that maybe yeah. that was not appropriate for yeah. the show. Well, we, we tried it, and we all got high, and so it's, we decided we were just that it was probably not a few hours. Yeah, we probably decided it was, oh, it was not wow. probably a great game to play. In fact, we're recording right now Monday at <laughs> 3 in the morning, I think. I don't know. The world we doesn't don't stop yeah, spinning. I, so. I haven't had a shower in days. I don't, I don't know. <laughs> I, don't, you know, I don't even know where I am. But uh, anyway, Nick will hopefully Chase have a more a really good Nick is not game allowed to bring games anymore. in the next couple of weeks. It wasn't that bad. Um, right, we're, we're limited on time, though, but we want to do what, – what is Hall – what was going on in the Hall this week, Nick? Uh, so one of – there's a lot of good discussion. Um, thank you, Aaron Disney, for providing the um, – Which, by the way, I love that name. Yeah, I mean, I just – I mean, I – I wonder if he's like it. Related. Well, I mean, that's I mean, that's what you think of. He's like, oh wow, he's like a billionaire. Hey, if you are, can Aaron get us some tickets? Oh uh, my gosh, really? Look I want on. a ten day trip. Me too. No, 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 no. <laughs> <laughs> you don't get to leave that long in. No, no. I said, uh, I said. It hey, if you could get Nick and I a uh, Disney cruise, that would be awesome. Uh, yeah, wait, you're wait, making it better. Too, me too. <laughs> you're, you're making the last. Ooh, what about a cruise with the Gospel Friends? Oh, oh baby, celebrities do that all the time. Yes. All right, if we get up to a million subscribers, so many things. Gospel right Friends now. Cruise? Yes. So awesome. many things right now. Help us, Lord People Jesus. from the hall? I got nothing. All right. Um, so Aaron provided uh, the most discussed thread I think the, the Hall of Dog has ever seen. It was over 250 comments. Are you kidding? I missed that. Wow. Yeah, well, you know, when, when you, you leave, cruising. Um, you go party. Um, 250. Yeah, and... Good job, we Aaron. Even, we even tried to Elsa the thread, and um, it came back. And so 
just for those Elsa who don't is the uh, Elsa is the unofficial thread ender, according to Nick. So let it go. Well, in, in, in fairness, I, I did that one time um, to be silly to Kevin, but I think it's one of the local um, city Facebook, what's happening in, in such and such city, uh, that they have like a llama yeah. or something. And so something I thought that'd silly. be our Which, our by the sign. way, the, uh, the Hall of Dogma people, for all the great things we can say about 273. them. 273. The Hall of Dogma guys, for all the great things we could say about them, we could go on and on for days, but they, they don't quite understand closed thread. No. Um, and we can't close them. All we can do is delete them. So, and which we're not uh, going to do. No. Um, so anyway, well, we but might. <laughs> not, not that one. But <laughs> not you know, this one. one. No, they're, 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 yeah, it could, but not that one. That one's a good one. But it was funny because we were in prep, and, and it was like, what was the threat about? I was like, yeah, he threw out the the C card, and he's like, what Calvinism? I was like, yeah. Dave was like, no, 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 it not Calvinism. Calvinism. No, it turned into Calvinism. But. I know many of you are Calvinists. I'm definitely not Calvinist, but so much. Oh my. Page just jumped on me, uh, but so much so that I also hold the perseverance of the saints. And so the whole question was about one of the five pillars of the tulip. And so, yeah, yeah he, but it wasn't about Calvin. He gave a verse and said, I, if, "If you believe in the perseverance of the saints, what do you do with this verse?" And it it was off to the races. It was good fun though. It Look, was there, was, fun. there was some good discussion. It was good fun. Um, but one of the ones that I, that was pretty fun was Chris Atwood uh, talking about indigenous uh, cuisine. So what are some yeah. of the food pairings choices mm. that seem indigenous to your state or region? Seen below representing the Midwest, Indiana, peanut butter slathered bread sandwiches with your chili. Um, he said, I prefer chili with my crackers, if you know what I mean. Which, by the way, Chris, I why? I don't know what you mean. Uh, um, oh, wait, yeah, I do. I'm trying to figure out why Chris felt the need to say bread sandwich. Like, is there another kind of sandwich besides bread sandwich? Well, there is that chicken, that fried chicken, bacon, cheese okay. contraption. I just wonder, is that a Midwest oh, yeah. thing? Do they call them bread sandwiches up there? I don't know. Because here, we just we say, give me a sam- sandwich. Well, last yeah. week we were having milk sandwiches because of the run on milk and bread. <laughs> um, <laughs> Probably this week, too. Chris talked about... Oh, don't it, talk it, about that. Not right now. Chris talked about... Uh, Husband of a school teacher right here. Don't even joke, man. Chris talked about, uh, at one point, black bear chili. And we asked the question... What's in you know, black bear chili? And sure enough, it's black bear, uh, which I, I wouldn't have known was legal. But, I mean, why? Uh, I mean, apparently quite tasty. Why wouldn't it be legal? A lot of good. Uh, it was it was really cool reading that. I don't know why. I mean, I just didn't, can you kill black bears? If it's hunting season, if it's bear season. So I, didn't I know think you got to have season. a tag or something. Okay. I don't think you just kill them. We are obviously the hunting type of You guys, can kill them so. if they're coming at you, right? Yeah, and you can kill them with your bare hands, which is what I do. Awesome. <laughs> hey, but it was... it was encounter a lot of bears on that cruise. It huh? was awesome. Three. It was awesome reading... <laughs> I'm not talking about men who should have shaved. It <laughs> was... <laughs> oh, I have a story. No. <laughs> I do actually have a story. I'll just have to save it for... It's about the belly flop contest. I'll save it for a couple of weeks. Are you kidding? Yeah, it's not Did as bad as a manual story, which is just stunning to me. But uh, anyway. You're not okay. kidding, are you? No, I'm not kidding. It was a belly flop contest. Did you do it? No. Oh, okay. Did, it, did another member of the Hall of Dogma Church do it? Uh, no, but uh, oh. he, he could have. But the guy who won it had the probably the biggest belly I've ever seen. Just massive. Three of us could have fit in there. <laughs> oh, Oh, no, no, no. 
Okay. Bring it back, David. I was just going to say what was awesome was reading some of the international listeners and talking about some of their local, including uh, some of the guys that were really pushing haggis. Have, do you guys you guys know what haggis is? Yes, okay. Scottish guts. <laughs> Sheep's heart, liver, lungs. Mm, Scottish onion, guts. Salt, pepper. We have at least one Scottish guy in the uh, Hall of Dogma, by the way. Just joined this past week. Oh, really? Yeah. Shout out to... It's not Angus. I don't know what it is. <laughs> Sorry. It's not Angus. It's not Angus. That is, so. that is great, Chase. I'm, I'm a okay. racist. Hey, I whoever, love Scottish people. Whoever, whoever it was that joined that's not Angus. <laughs> He's not showing up Shout on new members you. on the site anymore, but welcome. We are glad to have you. Yes. By the way, uh, awesome. we don't have to be at war even though I'm Irish. Oh, my goodness. You're Scottish. Along with... James. All right. So, have you guys followed Emmanuel's movie reviews? Mick Sorley Mick in the Connell. hall. Yes, I have. Okay. He will not review God's Not Dead, even though I ask him. Are to. you serious? Yeah. I'm, I'm catching up to the hall after you know being away, but uh, they look very interesting to me. So, Emmanuel and David have had a long-standing, <sighs> friendly conversation about the merits or lack thereof of Christian entertainment, specifically mm-hmm. movies. Um, though it could probably boil over into TV shows and things like that. Which is funny because I absolutely, on date night, would not pick a Christian movie probably to watch. So I I probably, in general, just like fussing with the the with the man. Oh, you be argumentative with someone just for the sake of argument? I wouldn't believe it. Um, so we had an article last That's week of the top... bad reputation. <laughs> the top 15 Christian movies on Netflix, and Emmanuel has taken it upon himself to binge watch all of them. Okay, he's binge watching them, and he's doing live commentary oh, that he puts in. It is hilarious. And then he ends so. with some kind of a you know spoon. My favorite was when I he said, why... <laughs> Okay, it's it's funny if you know the general because like one of his comments was, "Why does all the black people in this movie sound like they just came up from the underground railroad?" <laughs> oh, are we allowed to laugh at that? I, well, I, uh, I don't know. I'm the, nervous. The general is black, so it was. He's allowed to laugh at it, and it was just funny if you know the context there. Y'all going to edit this out, aren't you? I don't know. No one will ever hear it. Uh, it's just, oh, they'll hear it. They'll just hear our silence. Go team. <laughs> Edit point. None of you will ever hear this. Chase is wearing a thong right now. Oh wow! I hope they don't hear that because it's Look, not. I true. can guarantee you one part that does get edited. <laughs> I don't know. That is that what you wore during the belly flop contest? <laughs> Uh, Edit it out. That's fine. I actually I, thought I it was did. good. I thought it was funny, but it's funny. okay. I'll leave it. It's fine. Well, you, no, you can't leave it now. I ensured you can't leave it. You, you think I won't leave that? Word. You really it's think it's a bad picture? <laughs> okay. okay. Now you've had words. I said, while, while Nick's writing down complicated edit points, I wanted to shout out to Rich Starnes, who yesterday posted just a simple scripture verse in the Hall of Dogma, and we need that every now and then. Good Thank job. you, Rich. Amen. And, Amen and, for that. And no, uh, no, nobody, but, no debate no, needed. Nobody did any kind of debating. Yep. Oh, so we're having a good time because if things go as planned, Nick just edited a bunch of stuff out. Oh. You got to leave that in, brother. <laughs> All right. Okay. Uh, Before uh, you go to Twitter, um, oh, Mitch, oh, I wasn't. I, oh, I'm ahead. sorry. Go ahead. Well, I was going to say I had something from the hall, but go ahead. Speaking of serious, and, and is your serious or? Jovial? Oh no, mine's jovial. Okay. Go ahead. Um, 
Rob Johnson did ask for um, prayers. Prayer. He scheduled yes. a public debate um, on the topic of does God exist. And so, Go, Rob, um, you know, this is where the hall is, is a really cool place that we really value. I think that, he's debating Richard Dawkins. Yeah, that's that's my understanding. Wow. Um, but, you know, we have all sorts of um, conversation, more edits. Thank you, David. Um, but it's, I mean, from everything from, you know, <laughs> laughing at the silliness of some of some of our own media to to serious conversations about, you know, theology and the different the different beliefs of denominations, things like that, into the practical of, of asking for prayer. And so um, we value the hall dogma. Thank you guys for being willing to come in here and have those conversations. But yes. please remember, Rob, um, he, he's been a longtime friend of the show. Um, he has um, his blog where he does ministry, and, and now, obviously now he's trying to step out into a different role. And so... Yeah, yeah, man. Let's I, hope he crushes that unbeliever. Oh, wait. That doesn't sound <laughs> I'm very not, charitable. I'm not he sure sounds like a youth so. pastor. <laughs> Oh. By the way, I would, Rob's uh, writes one of my favorite blogs. His blog is uh, is really really good, and I was good. actually reading a great article he posted last night. And uh, you can uh, follow him at apologetics one hundred five dot com, I believe. Yep. Were yeah, you going to give a shout out to us? Uh, 105.com. Clint Epperson? There. I was. I was just going to. Clint jumped he on me. He called you out. Bit. He did call me out because um, I. You probably uh, deserved it. I uh, harmed his good name in his first shout out on the show. I'm sorry, Clint. Because I, I mentioned that he had posted a picture of Vladimir Putin with no shirt on. He, he posted another interesting picture this week uh, uh, Jesus dinosaur. on a dinosaur. Yeah. That's, yeah. that's cool. <laughs> that's a good one. Which, by the way, I, then I came back on and posted a uh, art, a picture of a meme of Putin standing next to some unknown guy, and the guy says, "Whose funeral is this?" And Vladimir says, "Haven't decided yet." And that hours, was a bit appropriate for this week. Wasn't and hours it? later, I found out that one of Vladimir's harshest critics turned up dead. Wow! So, are you like on that list of harshest critics of <laughs> Putin? I hope not. I'm going to miss you, brother. I hope not. So, anyway, sorry, Clint. I. Uh, Good shout out to Clint without any type of uh, shirtless picture being involved. Thank you for listening to the show, Clint. <laughs> wow. Okay. Anyway. Oh, uh, quick to the Twitter. Only yes. have only have one only have one Twitter feedback this week simply because uh, the captain wasn't here to run um, the Twitter. Sorry. What but, excuses uh, you need, David? Just a shout out to Jordan Lawfer at Jordan Lawfer. And at Stephen Sherrill, who were just kind of having a conversation on Twitter this week. Sorry. And they were talking about trying to grab up, uh, excuse me, meet together to grab some lunch. And Jordan mentioned to Stephen, hey, you should check out the Gospel Friends at My Gospel Friends. So shout out to you guys. Nice. Hopefully, um, Stephen followed through and checked us out. Well, here's the thing. Yep. Both those guys are in the uh, Vladimir Putin inner circle. <laughs> And that shout-out to check us out was because you keep criticizing Putin, and it was really more of a rub them out, not check oh, them out. Oh, so this was a yeah. this was code. Yeah, pretty much. This was code. This was uh, this is not going to turn out good for us. Well, at least you know for who's you. coming after you. Okay. We're not the ones who. Well, no, then, no, we're fine with Putin. Well, hey, then right? I take – Vote. Hey, can I get a hey. can I get a can I get a sound clip of that? Shoot, we are I've been fine. tricked again. We are fine with Putin. Could we get? Well, a, well, I want a sound clip of that one too. <laughs> <laughs> now you say it. Nick. You say it, Nick. So we can have a sound clip of all of it. One thirty. 
Okay, got it. Okay. <laughs> Janet, on the other hand, is not okay with Chase. I don't do that around my wife or other women because that is rude. That would be a good discussion, though, one time. I mean, what, who does that around their wife and who doesn't? Have we ever had that discussion? Chase, this is the go- point hey, do you think, in the show where you say thanks for listening to the gospel. Wait, I have a question. I, probably I, have, there, I have a question. Do you think God did that as a joke? Like, it's kind of, a funny, it's kind of a funny thing. Of fall. Oh, you think? So you think there was no no one had gas before no, the that's fall? That's a great question. Are you serious really right now? About that. <laughs> did, Is so, passing gas a consequence of the fall or a joke? Or? Did people have to do number one and two before the fall? I bet not. Really? It, what happened to be, the food they ate? Well, it, it was it was perfectly processed. In so there was energy. nothing. There was no waste. No waste. Is what you're saying? Pre-fall, no waste. So, so fact, I'm going to write a book about pre-fall, so God, and it's going to be called Pre-Fall, Karma, No Waste. So God said, the ground is, is going to produce thorns for you. Uh, women, you're going to have pain in childbirth, and I'm not even going to get into two words, stomach virus. Yeah, well, okay, there you go. <laughs> so yeah. the logistics there, because I'm the guy that goes, hey, look, there went the line. <clears throat> Watch, when do the anatomy changes it. occur? Wait for because it. they Ooh. obviously multiplied prior. The command to multiply was prior to the fall, and yeah, the mechanism by which ah, good good question. When did those mechanisms change? That is a good question. I would say pre-fall. Well, and if male you think of and female, he made them. Well, yeah, but that's not. Yeah, but but they're. You know the body. We're about the the body is, oh, oh, is well, designed the, in a certain the, way to work that way. Those so. mechanisms have more than. What, yeah, what, they do. They have more than one function. Well, oh, some of those good, mechanisms good point, do. Good point. The number hey, two. If he, if he did mechanism, ha- if he uh, if he had to reconstruct the whole thing, but if you ask Mark Driscoll, if he had to reconstruct the whole thing, I mean, was it like, I mean. Hey, I, I've got to uh, get them out of the garden and then get them to the ER because we got to we got to perform a little surgery. <laughs> this is the point of the show where like we flew over the landing strip and we're kind of crashing into the branches of the jungle right now and about to. Well, I, mean, I think it's a great question ground. if sure. if Adam and Eve were ever walking in the garden pre-fall and Eve looked over and just said, "I can't believe you did that. Stop eating turnips." That's a fine question. That's number 174 on my list of questions I'm going to ask when I get to heaven. Okay. Was there expulsion of gas pre-fall? All right. Chase, this is the so, point where you say – Because <laughs> that would be funny. <laughs> Chase, this is the point where you say – Was there black bean chili uh, pre-fall? Oh, oh, my word. <laughs> well, sure. Chili is pre-fall. I think chili is pre-fall. It's okay. a delicious food. What am I supposed to say? I think we need to land the plane. Um, oh, wait. Is there something I say at the end of the show? Thanks for listening to The Gospel Oh, friend. yeah. Thanks for listening to The Gospel Friends. Don't forget you can contact us on social media at My Gospel Friends on Twitter and at the – what, Dave? <laughs> and at the Hall of Dogma at hallofdogma.com. If you'd like to leave us a voicemail, which – you're probably not listening anymore. That's 205-575. Women are not listening. Men are in nine seven three five. Okie dokie. You can also leave us if long distance is an issue or your international or whatever else I say here because I'm lost right now. Hey, we want to hear from our com at no weights. <laughs> 
Speakpipe.com slash the gospel for Nick gets so rattled. <laughs> David, why don't you swear again? <laughs> Chase, this is where you, you thank uh, the men who made our music. Joe oh, yeah. Lombard, uh, who has recently pulled his sponsorship of the show. <laughs> And of course, Jeff Hendricks, who is totally fine. <laughs> yeah, he's doubled right down on everything. <laughs> Jeff is currently making a post in the Hall of Dogma about this very subject. <laughs> I am not sure that I want to say the next sentence, but tune in next week when you may hear David say, All right, guys, time to grab a six-pack and go change the church sign. <laughs> that was so much better than I thought it was going to be. Jesus is a friend of mine.